The world is talking. The world is talking. World Talk Radio. I want to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleiner Hour, The Power of Water, Global Warming and Your Health. The show each week is an education program for you to be proactive. Think about who you are and understand some common sense about everyday life and the power of life on earth and the water. As you know, the water is all there is on this earth that would provide you the energy, the ability for you to be healthy. It's the most important first solvent life on earth. I need to decide today on a direction so you will understand our guest, because we're going to have a very exciting guest, Maya Dalina. Uh, she's a lifestyle coach and a retired corporate executive here in the United States. And she wants to discuss with us today an education about the current economic downturn and its effects on consumer health and spending um, and your health. I need to understand also, uh, when we're having the show, that you are made up of water and all that goes on around you every day outside of your life is the energetic ability for you to deal with the positive and negative. And those charges of positive and negative are uh, affecting you every day, all of us. And our Earth today has, the United States has 305 million four hundred and two thousand six hundred and six people living here throughout the world as of today october 13 2008 we have six billion seven hundred and twenty nine million eight hundred and sixty eight thousand two hundred and fifty five people this is a family climate that we're all together with living on this earth and that energy that we need to turn into a positive, not a negative, comes together as you're all finding. And that's going to be quite a topic today. Now, you're made up of 50 trillion cells. And the moment you left your mother's water bag and you entered in the air you breathe, those cells began to dehydrate. And the energy you have as individual. No two eyes alike, no two complexions on the skin alike, no two fingerprints alike. That's your personal dehydration. How do we learn to live with positive and negative? We'll learn about that today. Our second guest is going to be Art Bernstein from Gold Hill, Oregon. He's a naturalist and author, and we'll be discussing Sleeping Bear Dunes. It's a national lakeshore uh, forest in Empire, Michigan. So it's going to be quite a show. And we're looking forward to uh, what you can learn. I will now listen to our sponsor, and we'll be right back with Maya. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. 
Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. You're listening to World Talk Radio, where the world comes to talk. guest today is Maya Delina. Maya, are you with us? I am. Good morning. Well, you're sitting there in my, my, Maui, Hawaii. Yes. How, what is your weather like today? Oh, it's beautiful. It's warm. It's sunny. It's clear. Breezy. Beautiful. Now, do you have any bog uh, exposure there where you're at today? No, we don't. I'm on uh, the side of the island that doesn't get it. It sweeps right by us. Okay. Okay, and for our listeners to know, that's a volcanic ash that's in the air that affects a lot of people. Uh, I've had a lot of people talk to me about that, and uh, they've been concerned about their lungs and their eyes. And and have you had any effect at all for yourself? No, none at all. But some of my neighbors have had that effect. They're they're very sensitive and um, somewhat allergic, so it does irritate their throat and their Mm -hmm. nasal passages and all of that. So you're building a retreat. How is that going? It's going great. It's going a little bit slower than I want, but uh, it's, it's a beautiful spot, and we're taking it slow and easy to make sure everything is done just right. Mm-hmm. So the pond is getting landscaped now, and, and uh, we're putting the buildings up. Now, for our listeners to come to your website before we start, what is your website address? My website address is... Pelelani.com. It's spelled P-E-L-E-L-A-N-I.com. All right. Because I want our listeners to realize that you're, you're a past corporate executive who decided to get into a, a lifestyle coaching. In other words, teaching people to be more positive and getting to learn more about themselves to be positive. What do you think about all this negative that's going on today? Uh, this is October 13th, 2008, and right. everything is so negative. And what is your thinking on it, and what are you trying to do just for yourself? Well, these definitely are challenging times for everyone. And what, what I do for myself is I, I stick to my routine of staying healthy, doing yoga in the morning, doing breathing exercises, taking little breaks throughout the day because there's so much pressure on everyone and we put pressure on ourselves, and I know I do that too, that we must maintain our routine and not let everything going on around us disrupt that. How does a person get up in the morning and uh, with all this negative, and I'm going to start out politically, it's been going on for two solid years, It was someone from one of the countries out there, I think it was from England, Tony Blair, said, why do the Americans have it last for two solid years? Um, An enormous amount of money besides it's a constant negative. Uh, When you get up in the morning and you're thinking about uh, suggesting to other people that they start their day, let's hope, with some very good glasses of water because of the oxygen that water Mm -hmm. provides us and circulation and detoxification, but energy... Um, and you begin a routine and don't let anything interfere with your routine, as it sounds like to me what you're saying. In other words, think about yourself, keep your routine, 
keep your habits moving so that maybe when there is a negative that you can begin to evaluate it with more objectivity. Exactly. Yeah, because objectivity is so important to choices. It is. It's very definitely so. And what seems to happen is people do let, of course, everything going around them affect them. And doing certain practices, especially first thing in the morning, not subjecting yourself to the morning newspaper and the news on television right away, uh, you get yourself grounded mm-hmm. and doing a little bit of yoga or qigong and having your, your water or your tea in the morning really sets you up for feeling great during the day. And when we feel really, really good, we feel stronger, we feel better able to handle anything that comes our way. More objective. More objective, absolutely. We, we look at things in a broader perspective rather than something that's just personally attacking us. We look at the bigger picture, mm-hmm. and we really realize that we're, in that moment, okay. Yeah, it's, isn't it interesting where we came, we've been talking, and you've been on the show as a guest before, and all of our guests have been very concerned about global uh, climate and dry air and and all the things that are happening in our health environment, if what we can do to be healthier, uh, eating right, drinking enough water, uh, getting some new habits, and then all of a sudden uh, these everyone's being inundated with um, hoping that they would be suffocated with the negative to make the decisions. And uh, I, what do you think about, and this is going to be like a leading question because I pretty well know what you're going to say, is when a person's being suffocated by someone else to not be objective but to be uh, uh, negative, and uh, when you're when when they're trying to not be negative and they want to be um, energized to be objective, you almost have to keep the radio off and the television off and don't pick up a newspaper and and train yourself to be disciplined to re- kind of retreat into yourself. And again, your own faith in who you are. Right. Exactly. One one of the things, one of the practices that we have, and it's easy to do here in Hawaii, obviously, but people can do it anywhere, is that if we take a few moments, and even if we're sitting in an office building, is look out the window and focus on something of nature, yeah, whether yeah. it's a plant or a bird or something, we we get in touch with the physical world around us, and we see the wonder of the physical world. And that negativity, even though it may be brief, it does leave us for those few seconds, and we get in touch with the reality of who we are and where we are and, and what this wonderful world is about, rather than all of the negativity that's, you know, around us, conditioning us, imposing upon us, we feel a little bit better and a little bit stronger and able to move forward. And it's very, very important to get in touch with those types of things throughout the day. And then breathe. Tell our listeners what what you meant by breathing exercises, because I find many people don't understand that breathing exercise, how important it is. I, I would almost say next to water, Water is the most important life of all life, a source of all life. We've got to drink. I've been, in, I've been a speaker at many things in the past few months, and I'll turn to the audience of lots of men, knowing they probably don't drink a lot of water, and I'll say, you must drink 10 to 12 glasses of water. Do not let that day go by. Even if you have to be inconvenient 
to go to the bathroom more commonly, drink the water. It's vital to your energy, your oxygen. And it adds an oxygen of circulation where you might have the energy to be objective Mm -hmm. and not be suffocated. The second one is breathing correctly. We're never taught as a child how to breathe. Teach our audience how to breathe. Okay. The, The important thing about breathing is to start breathing rhythmically in a rhythm. Once we take a breath in and we take it in slowly, we also visualize it filling our lungs from the bottom part of our lungs to the top. And then we exhale the breath and we do it rhythmically to a count of maybe five counts to take it in, five counts to take it out. And then you can start experimenting and expanding the breath, breathing into the belly breathing into the heart and all of this is visualization but the visualization helps stabilizes the breath and helps bring the oxygen to all of the cells and lets so, out all the bad oxygen all exactly, the bad stuff exactly and a lot of people you know uh, it's kind of like if you go to the edge of the ocean and you watch the ocean go out on earth and then all of a sudden, the ocean comes in. And if the breath is taken in, like you said, at a count of five and hold, like the ocean does with earth, and then all of a sudden, you let it open the mouth and let it come out. You're letting all the bad come out. You're pulling new oxygen in, and you're giving yourself a chance to bring in some good and let out some bad. Um, so you say count to five. So if there, do they, uh, you could almost do it walking through the store if you think you're full of tension or getting drowsy or you have a symptom coming on. I've had people say they even use it if they feel like they have an allergy coming on because it kind of breaks up um, uh, the cardiovascular and the lungs. And, and isn't it amazing, Maya, how it works on the lungs, breathing exactly. properly? Right, with exactly. exercise. And I use the count of five arbitrarily because you can extend it longer. Mm-hmm. You can play with it and see what feels really, really good for your body, and your body will tell you when you feel that relaxation coming on, what the right count is for you. But holding it longer, taking slower breaths will really help relax you and put you in a better frame of mind. Lots of research has been done in this and how the breath affects the mood and the physiology. And the tension on the skin the tension on all of your organs of your body, if you learn to exhale, inhale, exhale, it lets that tension off. They've even said that if you think you have a heart attack coming on or a stroke, you're not sure, begin to breathe correctly in and out. Right. Takes off the tension, relaxes the muscles. And then they've also mentioned, Maya, about sleeping. If you have a sleeping problem, just in bed, lay there, and, and you can lay there and do it. And it will give you what you need to get you relaxed to fall asleep. Um, now, in yoga, uh, when you were t- uh, life, uh, you're a lifestyle coach, uh, is yoga becoming more common among men as much as it is women? Well, in the yoga classes I attend, it does seem to be uh, a little bit more women in the class, but I do see a lot more men taking time to do yoga and qigong mm-hmm. and they find that it really is extremely helpful. In fact, some of the mixed martial art uh, uh, athletes 
use yoga to make themselves flexible before they start their martial arts because okay. then they have less tension in their body and they're able to do their uh, moves much more easily. Much more stretch out. Exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, now, um, Shigong, how, how do you spell that? It's spelled a variety of ways, but the way I spell it is Q-I-G-O-N-G. Okay. Then, and that is what kind of, of um, exercise? That exercise is a combination. It's a Taoist practice, and it involves the breath. It involves different poses, and it involves visualization of the energy moving through the body. And with the breath, you visualize moving energy through the body and opening up different areas of the body. You can open up the area around the heart by stretching to the right and upward, it opens up the left side of the chest area, which then opens the fascia tissue around the heart. So there's different exercises and practices that really focus on the different organs, mm-hmm. focuses on the energy blocks, and focuses on the breath. So it's a movement plus a breathing exercise. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. How old do you think that particular exercise is? I'm sorry, would you repeat that? How old of uh, exercise do you believe, a therapeutic exercise is that? Uh, does it come from a Ch- uh, Chinese background? Yes, it, it does. It does. And I don't know exactly how old it is, but I would imagine, like many of the Chinese ancient arts, thousands of years old yeah. in some form or another. Yes. Um, in fact, you know, when we were watching the Olympics, did you notice a little bit of the um, exercise that they were using. Uh, a lot of people might have thought it was martial art, but they were showing a little bit of their um, cultural background to their uh, positioning and right. their uh, choreography, I should say. Right. They were doing Tai Chi, and okay. Tai Chi is a very slow, rhythmic movement, moving the body, and it, it's done with different visualizations, too, and different... Um, mantras or different mm-hmm. sayings you know that that they say in their in their mind and it's it's a very beautiful practice too i see a lot of people doing it out here uh close to the ocean in the mornings mm-hmm. very relaxing and also w- opens up uh, a mind to stay objective and um build a habit to be disciplined right what did you think of the olympics a lot of people were c- confused a little bit because their opening ceremonies and their closing ceremonies were something that no one had ever seen unless you understood their uh, cultural background. But I found it just fascinating that they were sharing with the world their philosophy. Right. I, I, found, I found their ceremonies very, very beautiful, and I, I believe that they did put a lot of thought and a lot of work into it for whatever reason they were doing it. I have my own political opinion. Uh-huh. But... Um, I think they did a beautiful job with their ceremonies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to ask you now this morning, uh, uh, we're going to take a break in a minute, but let's, let's, what did you want to be able to teach our uh, listeners all over the world mm-hmm. what you believe is the most important factor for them to think about very common sense on, a, on, on the fa- uh, learning how to, Every day, get into those habits from the moment they put their feet on the ground to the moment they go to bed. Let's say they're going to work, they have a weekend, and how they become uh, at the Olympics. Let's say they are training to be the uh, Olympic contender 
for, for proactive occupational health, because almost everyone's working today. What is the proactive occupational health uh, um, uh, advice you would give them? Are you the able health, to follow me through all that? Yes, the health of the body and the mind, because if we have a healthy mind and a healthy body, we can do anything. And if we don't, we can't. Mm-hmm. And that's very, very... Uh, a lot of people feel depressed because they feel that they have no control. What you do have control over is your body and your mind, and you need to start there. That's the freedom that God gave you as your mind. Absolutely. Yeah, and faith. Absolutely. Body, mind, spirit. Yeah. All three certainly. work together. Yeah, and this way a person now... Uh, what are some of the little secrets that you've learned uh, in your lifestyle coaching? Well, th- this is what I've learned and what I'm learning more of now, and that is people need to feel that they have some level of control over their bodies, over their environment. And what I have learned and what I am helping other people with right now is that to be in a state of where you feel you you have control when things around you are out of control is do the things that are important to you. Maya, we're going to take a break, and let's come into that because I think that's so important today okay. is learning more about what you just said, is being confident in yourself that you can do what you fit your faith in yourself and learning how to do just that. We're going to listen to our sponsor, and we'll be right back to that subject The world is talking. World Talk Radio. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Listen. The world is talking. World Talk Radio. Studio A. Maya, are you with us? I am. Uh, when you, we took our moment uh, with our sponsor, you were talking about, and how do we really get into the common sense and dive into this, uh, whether people agree with us or not, to explain this really in detail so it doesn't sound like something they hear quite commonly, but they still don't try to do it. They won't do it. Uh, what, how do we get our listeners to start thinking about doing what we're suggesting that they think about because of this is such fabulous therapy. Um, explain that again to us and start, if you could again, I, to repeat that again. Okay. What I'll start with is how I typically start with uh, many of my clients is I ask them what's really, really important to them. Beyond their job, beyond how they identify themselves, what is really, truly important to them and get in touch with that because once we're in touch with 
our true purpose and what's really important to us, we want to take care of ourselves to achieve that purpose. Now, when you say what is important, what is a common thing that a man says is important to him? Let's just pick out one thing. What is the most common a man says that's important to him? Well, beyond his job and all of that, what a man typically will say is his family. Okay, and what about a woman? And what a woman will typically say also is her spouse and her family. Okay. And so that's what they say Typically, when we really get down to it, it's something much deeper inside the person. Yes, family is extremely important, but what's important to them and their being is something else. It's the reason why they're here on the planet, to give back to, the, to society, to the community, to the environment or whatever that is, a burning desire inside of them that many times they've squashed down because they didn't think it was possible to achieve. But getting in touch with that really puts the mindset of I'm here to do something extremely important and to make a contribution, and I really need to take care of myself for myself, for my purpose, and for my family. And that usually puts them in the mind frame to do whatever it is that they need to do to get that done. Okay, now what you're probably saying to the listener is what's happening is who is our worst critic is ourselves. Absolutely. And we expect so much of ourselves. And it doesn't mean that somebody else didn't uh, have that happen. Along the way in our lives, we are uh, influenced and vulnerable to people who do expect a lot. But in each individual, because we're a gift on this earth, uh, to live here with a very special moment and to pay it forward for ourselves and to give back, you're saying that the person's got to learn to realize how important their gift of life is first. And not, not that you're selfish or indulgent, but what makes you happy, what makes you healthy, uh, then you can give back much greater. Exactly. Am I right or wrong? No, that's absolutely right, because when we get in touch with that, a lot of times what will come up will be ego desires, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about your true purpose and true contribution to the planet, because we all have one, and we all exist for a reason, and we're here to give our gifts and our talents. And when we do that, we are in a state of bliss mm-hmm. and happiness, and we take care of ourselves. Our endorphins are going. We take care of our families. We find ways to make money if we've lost our job. We, we get into a very creative state mm-hmm. because of that, because then we are in touch with that purpose, why we're here. Mm-hmm. And that's so, so truly important. And it really, really helps in how people take care of themselves. Yeah, and that, that changes the attitude. It's like I, I've always thought that if you see, for example, an emergency, a wreck, a car wreck, anything, you've got to be emotionally in control, emotionally positive and disciplined to where you're not going to think about yourself. You're going to be doing what you believe is what's best for all. And life on the earth every moment is thinking about what's out away from your skin. And thought, I, I know you know better than I. Um, am I wrong? We must reach out away from our skin and don't let our skin influence us about the energy that's there, the negative that comes about with the current from the electrolytic side of us. All of these organisms that take control of us when we think there's something not going right, we need to reach out away from the skin, like you've said with yoga and other exercise, and move away, breathe out, and, and for, remember, you're living with the earth, not just within you. Am I right? 
Yes, yes. And the way it starts is by getting in touch with one's true purpose there we and go. knowing that we have those gifts and contributions to make mm-hmm. outside of our skin, as you say, and then it becomes transpersonal. What, what is very personal to us and unique to us, we give out for the betterment of the planet. And so it's within us and without us. In other words, breathe in, breathe out, the good and the bad. Um, I wanted to ask you on eating now. Uh, we've been very much into your, uh, learning how to live out and away from our vulnerabilities and be more energy um, but and drink a lot of water is great uh, is the greatest asset on earth. It's the life of water is the, all all there is. But I wanted to ask you about certain foods that can cause you to have a lot of pressure uh, that maybe don't agree with you. Mm-hmm. We need to learn how to, what we can do can't do that makes us not feel good. And eating is one. People have a tendency to forget what you're eating might not agree with you and make you also. Uh, be vulnerable to stress. Mm-hmm. And that was the word we forgot today, stress, the right. vulnerability to be stressed. What are some of the favorite foods that you believe that you would recommend as a lifestyle coach that people should really be returning to uh, for their daily uh, um, diets to, so they can maybe reduce some of that stress? Well, if possible, people should eat foods that are grown locally. If they've lived in an area for a while, their bodies become acclimated to that area, mm-hmm. and foods that are grown in that area are more easily digestible and will go in with their own body's vibration. Now, many times that's not possible. So what I typically say is to have a healthy diet, it really needs to be balanced. It's not, you know, you cut out this or you cut out that, but fresh fruits and vegetables and grains Some of the longest-lived people are the Zen Buddhists, and they follow a macrobiotic diet, which is a diet of grains, vegetables, fruit, typically no meat but some fish, things like that that are are healthy and that uh, will fuel the body and the mind. Mm -hmm. And give you energy. It will give you a lot of energy on smaller amounts of food. Now, is that food easier to digest? Do you think that's the reason? It is is easier to digest, except that this is my little caveat here, is that if your body's not used to the types of foods you will now be switching to, your body will have a reaction to it. It will, it will get uh, maybe a little bit of indigestion or something mm-hmm. like that because the body needs to be conditioned to different kinds of foods. So I would say start introducing these new foods into the diet gradually until you can expand it and have mostly those types of foods. Mm-hmm. So many people are turning to vegan diets. They think that's very energetic. What is your opinion of that? Well, my opinion, and I don't mean to offend anyone, but I find it very difficult. I was on a vegan diet for a while, and I find it very difficult to get all of the protein that my body type needs. So uh, a vegan diet eliminating all of the dairy and the eggs and all the the meats out of the diet uh, doesn't go along with my body. I think everyone needs to be in touch with their body, and their body will talk to them. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't like something, it will You'll feel it. tell you. You'll feel you'll, it. You'll feel, you'll feel it. it. You'll feel a digestion. You'll feel a swelling. You'll feel mentally stressed, drowsy. Uh, symptoms come on, and then you need to stop and think, what is causing this? 
don't blame anyone else. Don't blame just yourself. Maybe it's something you're eating. Right. Or not eating enough of. Right. And we do need to get in touch with our bodies because we will get early warning signals of diseases coming on. And if we're in touch with our bodies, we'll notice that right away rather than wait until something is very deep and prolonged like a, a, a terminal disease. What's can... happening there, I believe, um, and I've never done a scientific study of this in test, but I think what we all do is we want to blame when we're not feeling good on something other than the real symptom. Uh, we're blaming someone else. We're blaming da-da. Uh, we have a blame game. It's kind of like uh, tripping on a step and blaming the step rather than turning around saying, I wonder why I didn't see that step. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, in other words, we've got to be in tune to our own rhythm uh, and understand that maybe it's no one else causing it. Uh, it's something that we need to think about and, and try to di- discontinue some things that are to find out if, if maybe something is causing it, what we're eating, what we're not drinking enough water. It can many times be we're not drinking enough water, all as simple as that may sound. Uh, my, I find so often... Even my friends in the medical field, I've known two doctors to go to the emergency, uh, well, to go to a doctor, and doctors, that they were so dehydrated and they didn't think about it until they got to the emergency. And then the doctor in emergency says, you're just so dehydrated. We're all human. And we forget about, uh, we must hydrate, we must digest, and that'll help the attitude and get enough exercise, and it doesn't have to be a lot of exercise, but enough. Um, You know, I like your idea, and we've done some study on that, is to digest and to be able to hydrate with certain foods with size and and water too, but having purchasing your uh, foods when they're grown closer to home, uh, not only for the earth's energy to be uh, in tune with you because you're living in the area, but... I've often wondered, too, like Walmart has said, they're hoping that they can start buying from the farmers closer to them, from businesses closer to them, to get closer to the store so the uh, foods are not in trucks as long. Uh, What is your thinking about that? The the long-distance transportation, Maya, that's been going on to get the food to the market. Right, And, and they do need to, on occasion, treat the foods in order for it to be still fresh when it gets to the stores. They will also pick the, the fruits and vegetables when they're still green so that in transportation they will ripen. So they do a lot of things to the foods that then don't have the same nutritional value or taste that we can get from locally grown products and produce. And in So I completely products. agree. Yeah. Now what are some of the nutritional things like nutrients uh, other than the foods and and certain, uh, and I brought, I believe with you, right, with the protein. Uh, that's something I think that a lot of people are not getting enough protein. Uh, they're supposed to get between, let's say, 50, no less than 50 to 60 grams a day. That's hard to do. You do, you take a particular protein drink, don't you? I do. I, I have Tell a protein, about your protein in the morning, drink. and it's, it's a whey protein, and it's filled with different kinds of vitamins and minerals. Mm-hmm. And um, for some reason, I do t- tend to stay away from the soy because I'm, I'm understanding that even though people think soy is very nutritious, soy can block 
for, for women, uh, absorption of iron, which then mm-hmm. could cause anemia. Mm-hmm. But the fermented soy products are very, very good, like the misos and the tempeh are very good. The unfermented soy is not so good. But I use a whey protein, and I also uh, put some uh, omega-3 granules because omega-3s are really good for brain function and body function. And you say granules. They're granules, that, and I mix them in my, my protein drink mm-hmm. rather than take the capsules. Now, when you mix up your pro, are you using a protein powder? I'm using a protein powder. And you, you start out with water? What do you start out with? I start out with uh, reverse osmosis purified water. Okay. And I put in some fresh fruit, usually papayas or pineapple or bananas that are grown here locally. <laughs> <laughs> and then I put in the protein powder and the omega-3, and that's it. Uh-huh. Zap it and it's Oh, done. my goodness. That sounds so delicious. <laughs> Lucky you, Maya. <laughs> yes, it's really, really great. But anyone can do that with their own vegetables. And yeah. I do get berries every once in a while that are frozen, and I put them in there to add that different little taste. But whatever you have available to you, you can use. And it's very, very healthy. It gives you your protein. It gives you your carbs. It gives you just about everything you need to start the day. And how many grams of protein do you think is in your protein drink? Uh, my protein drink, I believe, has... Uh, 25 uh, grams of protein per serving. Okay. 25 to 30. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in your learning, have you learned much about the difference between men and women and the amount of protein they should be getting? Because I think that's a very important uh, nutritional hint is we're not drinking enough water and we're not getting enough protein. We really think we are, and I, I'm truly convinced we're not. Well, a lot of the, the foods that people eat, you know, the fast foods, do have <clears throat> a lot more fat than they do protein, and they do have the simple carbohydrates, the starches in there. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as men and women and the need for protein, um, I would say more than looking at gender, I would say look at the amount of physical activity that you do and the amount of work. If, if you're outside working all day and strenuous work, you obviously need more protein and more carbohydrates to burn and all of that. If you're more sedentary, then you would need less. So I, I would state it more like that. Okay. Did you, before we go today, did you notice, and I'm embarrassed because I should have written this down, that in Japan they're having a holiday for a health day. A oh, holiday. Great. I know. I was very excited to hear that because I'm very much into studying um, proactive occupational health. Uh, We've been going out and teaching proactive uh, health education uh, around the country and emergency proactiveness and uh, site preservation proactiveness and learning how the word proactive. Well, I've said to everyone that occupational health should be so proactive that when you know you're going to work, that you should be training like the Olympics. You go to work, you work hard, you be healthy, and when you go home, knowing that you have to go back to work the next day because that's your bread and butter. Mm-hmm. That's how you put beans on your table and pay your bills, that you, you know you're going back to work the next day, you go to bed at a decent time, you don't go take chances that you might be drowsy or be susceptible to whatever viruses or allergies you'll take better care of yourself, and then you go to work. And then when the weekend comes, you know that maybe you can just kind of uh, be loose and crazy and not do the normal. But I've noticed in Japan they've really gotten proactive for many years, but they have now a national holiday for health. 
anything that brings attention to good health and good practices, I think, is great. We need more of that. Well, thank you for all your time. And repeat your website again for us. It's pelelani.com, P-E-L-E, the goddess Pele, Lani, L-A-N-I, meaning heaven, so it's pelesheaven.com. Hey, well, we did learn a lot, and uh, I really appreciate you coming on again. And I hope you will join us again one day with some other education that you offer. Thank you, Sharon. Okay, you have a nice day over there. Aloha. Aloha. Bye. The world is talking. World Talk Radio. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Listen. The world is talking. World Talk Radio. Studio A. Hour. Today, uh, you, we had a special guest, Maya Delina, and our second guest is Art Bernstein. Art, are you with us? I'm here. Thank you for joining us again. Art is in Gold Hill, from Gold Hill, Oregon. He's a naturalist and author, and you chose today to discuss Sleeping Bear Dunes, uh, right. the National Lakeshore uh, area in Empire, Michigan. Right. Uh, tell us why you chose that one. Uh, well, I did a term paper on it when I was in graduate school at the University of Michigan in the School of Natural Resources. Mm-hmm. It was a big thing at the time. Uh, the, uh, the park was created in 1970, mm-hmm. and there was a whole uproar in the local communities. It was a big land grab. They were going to try to they were ruining the, uh, the local timber industry. Uh, as it turned out, the local timber industry was never very strong in Michigan uh, compared to Oregon. I mean, Michigan is uh, especially along the coast there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's now 40 years into it. This is now a prime tourist area mm. between Frankfurt and uh, Traverse City, which is one of the most beautiful cities in North America, and the Sleeping Bear Dunes National Lakeshore. It's just a fantastic, beautiful area. I've now there's there a lake many, that, many times. There's a lake that edges the dunes? Lake Michigan. Lake Michigan, yeah. and uh, now of course these are sand dunes. Right. Uh, now, why why did they call them Sleeping Bear? Uh, Chippewa legend is that uh, there was a big forest fire on the other side of Lake Michigan, which is you know, 100 miles away um, in Wisconsin, and a mother bear and her two cubs tried to swim across the water, and somebody thought that. Uh, the main one of the main sand dunes looked like a bear oh, okay. lying on a, you know lying curled up and sleeping and then there's two little offshore islands 
So those are the cubs. They're called North Manitou and South Manitou. So there's a break in the dunes where the lake the lake comes in among the dunes. So there's uh, dunes that are out. No, in... no, they're, they're, uh, the dunes front on Lake Michigan. Okay. Which is one of the like the fourth or fifth largest lake in the world. Mm-hmm. And but offshore there's two little islands. Mm-hmm. So it sort of looked to the Indians like a mother bear waiting for her two cubs to oh. swim to shore and catch up. So with this her. is a um, cultural. Uh, in, in, oh yeah, it's, it's a legend. This one's The legend, <laughs> right? Yeah, so I was trying to understand. Yeah. Uh, so there are native but American. The, out, the outline of the sleeping bear is long since blown away because sand dunes are moving and living objects. Uh huh. So the, the mother bear is not there anymore, but the the two little islands are there. So when you say the dunes, sand dunes are moving living objects, what did that mean? Uh, that's the way sand dunes are. They, they uh. It's very interesting when you go and visit them. Uh, the sand forms by active erosion underneath the lake, and it gets washed up on the shore, and it gets washed down the shore by the what they call longshore currents. Mm-hmm. Now, if there's an obstruction, then the sand will start to build up behind the obstruction. Now, when you say and, obstruction, what is Well, like in... Uh, in the Oregon dunes, uh, Coos Bay, and then the what's the name of that head just south of Coos Bay, Sunset uh, Beach, and, and Shore Acres, and then there's a big rocky point there. Mm-hmm. That's all blocking the sand from progressing down the shore. So that's why we have the Oregon dune built up for several miles. Away. Now, what is I had not thought of this before because this is a very interesting uh, subject today. People might take sand dunes almost for granted. But sand dunes are not everywhere. No. Now, when you have when you see a sand sand dunes, what caused the sand dunes to be there in that spot and not everywhere or not too many places? Well, it's interesting. In Lake Michigan, you have your Sleeping Bear Dunes National Lakeshore, and then you have Indiana Dunes National Lakeshore. Mm-hmm. Now, Indiana Dunes, the currents in Lake Michigan are moving north to south. Mm-hmm. And they're carrying the sand along with them in the water. Mm-hmm. So obviously, Indiana Dunes is at the very, very bottom of Lake Michigan, and that's as far as the sand can go. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, why halfway down the Michigan coast did they suddenly start to build up at that point and nowhere else? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, uh, there's a point of land there which created an obstruction, and the, the dunes just backed up behind it. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is the dunes... As the sand goes onto the beach, it gets blown inland, mm-hmm. and then uh, that creates conditions for more sand to get washed up on the beach, and more and more and more. It's very interesting when you visit it. Uh, the sand dunes have what they call a slip face and a lee face, and, and the slip face is very very steep, and that's the front end of the moving sand dune. So when you say a slip face, yeah. that means it's steeper. Right. You pull into this parking lot, and there's this. Uh, almost perpendicular hill of sand rising straight up out of the parking lot. And, and how did like, it stay that way for, for so long? Because is it, is it the wind? Uh, things start growing in it, and that stabilizes them a little bit. Um, but no, they'll move. You know, eventually they'll work their way across the parking lot and across the highway and, you know. So how many as years? As long as the sand keeps coming from the other direction. So how how many years does that take? Have no idea. Yeah, that's an interesting question. But the, I mean, in the Sahara, they move very fast and they move constantly. So. 
Now, for an area to have sand dunes, is it something with the uh, uh, hydraulics energy in the water that's around it? Is there something that happened long ago? No, there's sand just washed up on the, uh, the water carries sand with it from erosion. That it, you know, it breaks down the rocks mm-hmm. and turns them into sand. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's constantly doing that. So there's more sand out in that area yeah. of the water. That's why every time, you know, along a, a river, mm-hmm. if there's a little cove or something to catch the sand, you'll see a little sandbar. Mm-hmm. And where there's nothing to catch the sand, the sand just washes on past. Mm-hmm. So... You can see that in miniature in a, in a river. You know. Well, you stop and think in c- countries around the world that are made up of sand. You know, the areas that you think of like Saudi Arabia and the sand in certain parts of Africa, the sand. Yeah, that's sand caused by wind action and not water action. Okay, that's a uh, wind action, and they do have dunes out in the deserts. Yeah. Now, in the desert, the sand tends to accumulate in the north end, not the south end. In Lake Michigan, it accumulates in the south end. Okay, because of the water. Yeah, but that's what they call a playa basin. The wind mostly in a basin goes from south to north. Okay. So like in Death Valley, dunes are all on the north end. And, and the obviously, end if there's travel. sand dunes somewhere, there's a, there's a quite a bit of wind during the year. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And in, in the Sahara, they also tend to be on the north end of the basin. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just the way that works. Mm-hmm. Okay, tell us more about the Empire Empire area of Michigan. Is that an? It's an. Uh, it is a. It's a national. Uh, is there? Uh, yeah, there's, a, 30, there's 35 miles of lakeshore that's protected. As it's a. It's a, a national park, but it's, it's mm-hmm. called a national lakeshore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the it's main run entrance, by the National Park Service. And it's because of the of Lake Michigan itself. Yeah. And and is that does that go up against Illinois, Chicago, Illinois? Uh no. Well, the Indiana Dunes are. Just outside of Chicago near Perry. Okay. okay. But uh, no, um, this is a gorgeous area. Traverse City is on uh, is about twenty miles away. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, downtown Traverse City is this beautiful white sand beach hmm. uh, facing this bay called Grand Traverse Bay that has a white limestone as the bottom of the bay, so the the water is. Just gorgeous. There's white the limestone at the bottom of the bay. Yeah, yeah. The whole bottom of the the, the bay is, is, is white limestone, so it just makes this water this beautiful emerald. Oh my goodness! Blue. And this just is and, and, and there in Empire, Michigan. No, that's Traverse City. Traverse City. Right. How do you spell Traverse? T R A V E R S E. That'd be amazing to go see. Yeah. Oh, Traverse City. Now, they, do they have very, a very, very, you by very chance popular. have a website number in front of, address in front of you? Uh, actually, I don't know. Okay, but uh, so they could go to what uh, location to look this up? Because this sounds just absolutely breathtaking. Sleeping Bear Dunes National Lakeshore. Um, the main town is Glen Haven, mm-hmm. not, not Empire. Mm-hmm. Um, and Glen Haven is on Glen Lake. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a little tiny lake. If you mm-hmm. climb up to the top of the dunes and look down to the east, you'll see uh, you'll see Glen Haven. There's a mm-hmm. Glen Arbor, Glen mm-hmm. Glen Arbor, and Glen Lake. Mm-hmm. And if you go there in the fall, you get the fall colors, and it's just oh my goodness, just beautiful, just beautiful. Um, now, and, and it's probably going to does it freeze over at all in the winter? 
Lake Michigan has been known to freeze over, but it's like Crater Lake, not very often. Not and not probably more on the edges, but not anything other than the edges. Now the town just south of the area, if we have a minute, is called Frankfort, Michigan. Mm-hmm. And my father, who died in 1964, mm-hmm. in 1940, he painted a mural for the government in the post office mm-hmm. in Frankfort, Michigan. Mm-hmm. What was and your father's name? Henry Bernstein. Uh-huh. And the, uh, it depicts uh, an incident in 1923. There was a huge, um, there was a ferry that went back and forth from Sturgeon Bay, Wisconsin, to Frankfort, Michigan. Uh-huh. And it carried boxcars. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the train, the railroad would end at Sturgeon Bay, and then the, the ferries would carry the boxcars across Lake Michigan, and uh-huh. the railroad would start up again in Frankfurt. Uh-huh. Well, this uh-huh. mural showed this huge blizzard uh, where they had to cut loose all the boxcars and let them sink to the bottom of Lake Michigan. Mm-hmm. And there was like, 80 people on the ferry, and no lives were lost, and it was a a famous incident. So that's what the mural shows. So, yes, uh, they get very nasty weather there. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, tell us a little bit. We're almost done. Uh, We've only got about a minute left here. On the limestone, that's very, to me, I've never heard of of the, so there's a lot of limestone at the bottom of the lake in this particular area, and, and I can imagine the color of the water. Yeah, uh, we get the same thing um, in Lake Huron in Canada. Uh, it's pure. It looks like the bottom of a swimming pool. It's just gorgeous. Just gorgeous. There's an area called the. Uh, they changed. It used to be called Flower Pot Island National Park. Uh huh. Um, and this, it was in Ontario in, in Lake Huron. Mm-hmm. And you've, have you ever seen this yourself? Yes. Yes, that's what I thought you said. Uh, and, uh, you know, the same thing. Uh, white limestone lining the bottom of the lake, mm-hmm. and it, it looks like a swimming pool. Oh, my goodness. Well, I enjoyed this. This was nice. Um, it takes away from, uh, make, gives our opportunity to vision our planet that we live on, that we, it is such a miracle here on this planet uh, of nature. But thank you for bringing that up. Uh, oh, I really enjoyed every minute of that. Uh, I just never thought of of sand dunes, particularly how they got their art, and I never thought of limestone being at the bottom of a lake like that. Well, most of Michigan is limestone. It's what okay. they call a syncline. Well, thank you for joining us, and we're going to look forward to the next education you're going to give us uh, on topic uh, next okay. time. My pleasure. Thank you for joining us. Have a nice day. You too. Bye. Bye. Well, what a day. Maya Delina from Maui, Hawaii, lifestyle coach and retired uh, corporate executive teaching us how to relax, uh, release, release that stress, breathe in, breathe out, eat correctly, and think good thoughts. And then Art Bernstein from Gold Hill, Oregon, teaching us about this planet, the earth we live on. You know, this earth has a secret. Embrace your life. Every precious moment, it's your life. Don't be vulnerable to the negative. Be vulnerable to thinking about positive. What becomes a positive? And uh, life on this earth, there's a whisper. Never say goodbye. Leave your footprint and be objective. Enjoy your life and think positive. Have a nice day and thank you for listening.
Talking World Talk Radio Studio A.